This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's up, Duke fans? Welcome to the Devil's Den podcast. I'm your host, Josh Smith, joined by my co-hosts, Raul and Shu. I'm happy to welcome John Watson from the Devil's Den with us. Hope all y'all are having a happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year's when this gets ready to drop. Um, we figured we would just kind of recap a little bit of the season, wanted to get John's thoughts on that, and then we'll jump in and do our ACC preview um, maybe do a little bit of like predictions and all ACC stuff. So uh, first off, John, you're coming at us from Mexico. Holiday's doing pretty well for you here. Um, what's been kind of your takeaway so far on this season? I know it's been a little up and down. Um, I think overall Duke's pretty fine sitting at eight and three, but maybe as a preseason top top three team, the expectations were a little higher. Where's this kind of dust settling with you right now? Uh, I think it's just a... It, like you said, it's been up and down. Um, they're very close to being, they could really be 11 and 0 if you think about it. I mean, you know, they had Arizona yep. down, they had them beat at home and then they just yep. didn't finish. Um, Arkansas, they didn't play well at all, had a chance to take a lead late, didn't do it. And then Georgia Tech, they should have beat them. You know, you lose Tyrese Proctor in the first minute, that probably set yeah. them back a little bit. But I mean, it hasn't been pretty. Throughout, I mean, I think you guys have probably talked about it a, a bunch, but you know, they're we don't, they're not the dominant team everyone expected because the sophomores have not become all worldly from year one to year two. Um, they really miss Derek Lively. Um, they're still waiting for Mark Mitchell to show up this season, um, and they they don't have a lot where they're hurting. They just don't have a lot of answers. Um, yeah. They're starting to figure it out, but it takes time, and you know. I, I just keep telling people who have, have talked on the message boards, who I've talked to in private that, you know, this program brought back one player last year. They won 27 games last year with a brand new team. Uh, they lost their most impactful player last year. Uh, they lost the player that would have helped the most aside from Lively this year. And it's not excuses, but, you know, the, the, the reality is, is that there's still a bunch of sophomores who are, good college players, but there's no dominant NBA talent on this team. Yeah. And 
they're playing a bunch of 24, 25 year olds with, you know, the COVID rules still. I mean, it's, these are things you got to consider, not to mention you've got a coach who is getting ready to coach what is 40th game. I yeah. mean, yeah. There, there's a lot of variables against them. And again, we're talking about a couple bad possessions from being 11 and 0 and probably ranked number one in the country. Um, but it's not, it's not what we've seen in the past where, you know, everyone started going, okay, well, we've lost all these freshmen. We've lost all these freshmen. Now we're getting them all back and it's going to be such a, such a great season. And, you know, there's a reason they came back. Sure. Right. You know, that's, yeah. that's what people need to realize. It's not like, you know, Jason Williams was greatest freshman year and then came back and was just all world his second year. But I mean, this, there's, that's just not on this roster. And so I'm not down on them. I think they're going to be very good. I think they're going to make noise in March, but it's, it's a journey. And it's it's not going to be immediate returns, and I think that's what we're seeing. Yeah, great point too about the the sophomores. I think we all like, you know, obviously freshman to sophomore is typically kind of a big jump, but you never really know like how you're going to be able to quantify that and what that's really going to look like. And I think these expectations were coming from a place where all of the freshmen made the big jump as a sophomore, right? And we really kind of haven't seen that. Um, I think Brian Geisner when he was on made a great point about. You know, look, first real game of the season against Arizona, they come in and they're just saying, we're not guarding Ryan Young. We're not really going to guard Mark Mitchell. And Arkansas just fully committed to saying, we're not guarding him at all. Um, that puts a big wrench in how you're wanting to play and how you're wanting to defend and all of these things. And it's taken a little bit to figure things out. Um, did get a big win over Baylor, which was nice. It's nice to see the backcourt kind of really starting to step up. Um you know, with with Proctor being out, that's kind of created a little bit of wrinkle. We can talk about that for just a second here. Um, when he comes back, John, do you think, I mean, I think it's obviously he's probably going to have to come back and start, but how do you see the backcourt sort of complementing each other now? Does this send Foster back to the bench? How does he adapt to that role? Like, it, is there any concern in that? Or do you think that it should be pretty seamless? Or, or where where do you stand? I think you're going to have to send somebody back to the bench. Um, you know, theory would be you could, there are a bunch of big guards. So, I mean, you could pretty much play four guards around flip. Yeah. Uh, and that, that lineup. Made it. May, yeah. And that lineup may actually come into existence pretty quickly. Um, if they're not, you know, Sean Stewart's not going to be passable on defense. If Christian Reeves is going to continue to be hurt. I mean, really that's not a bad lineup at times. Especially, I mean, certainly against Queens and some of the other smaller teams that are going to play in the ACC. But, um, you know, when, when Proctor comes back, I would assume they're going to put the ball back in his hands. Um, but I was really impressed with the way Caleb Foster has played the last couple of games. I mean, yeah. under control, um, went to the rim when he needed to, didn't force anything, uh, made the simple pass, didn't make the flashy pass all the time, moved without the ball, and it's – I worry, I don't say, I guess not worry, but I, I do wonder how he, he's going to be impacted when Foster comes, or, I'm sorry, Proctor comes back in and takes the ball. Yeah. Um, maybe they move Proctor off the ball, but I I don't think so. I mean, I, he's much better on the ball. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's going to be interesting, but I, you know, college basketball is a guards game and Duke is going to prove that they've got five starting caliber guards. And Jalen Blakes has had some really good yeah. moments this year as well. I mean, that's that's what six guards, five guards. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's that's not bad, especially when you're thinking about you know getting into March and everything else. So, 
And when you factor in how Roach has been playing, who's been just on a tear, and now that McCain's really found it and it seems comfortable out there, um, I know, like, you know, a couple of weeks ago, it was like, well, do you consider kind of moving McCain to the bench and letting Foster come in? And then Proctor gets hurt, McCain goes off. Foster is probably our fastest guard with the ball. That's maybe yeah. controversial, but he, he's really quick. He's probably our best next to Jeremy, maybe right behind Jeremy in terms of being able to finish at the rim. Um, all of these things get interesting when you're if because this it's the five out is the problem, right? We've done right. the five out, but we can't really unlock it because teams are just saying that well, if you're going to play Mark out there or if you're going to put Ryan Young out there, we're it's eliminating not five, five out, out, right? Yeah. We're just yeah, not going to guard those guys. Out, yeah. So then it yeah. becomes a, a kind of a cluster. If you put Foster there um, and just slide everyone down and run Proctor, Roach, McCain, Foster, and Flip, I'm not saying you start that. I'm not saying you play that one up 30 minutes, but if you play it. 10 minutes a game they might not they're not going to get a ton of stops maybe but it's going to be really difficult for teams to guard them and i think of like a caleb and jeremy being able to drive the ball in that lineup oh it's yeah gonna be pretty tough. i mean the, the driving lanes are going to be wide open um it you know I, I would be interesting for me to see if we kind of break that out a little bit against Cuse, definitely against queens but Cuse, you know to see kind of like what you got um I guess they are kind of playing a man these days, but uh, yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. I, w- I wonder how much you would even lose defensively with that. I mean, obviously Mitchell is a, you know an important defender, but um, one of the things that's been keeping the defense afloat is actually the defensive rebounding, rebounding. and Mitchell hasn't been rebounding at all. Right. So, are you really even losing that much? And is it offset by the offensive gains? Yeah, yeah, potentially. And the worst right? is you just don't okay. want like. Foster guarding a six eight six nine yeah. forward in the you know some dudes yeah but how many college teams are really playing like two guys over six eight anyway a lot of them are playing like a six eight center yeah yeah that's fair that's fair um, but we'll just put McCain at the at the five right since he's got the most rebounds as the guard we'll just right, let him exactly. kind of get the get the garbage <laughs> buckets on there it's positionless um, anyways right yeah well, well I mean there's... <laughs> go ahead John yeah I was gonna say they. A lot. One thing I've really been impressed with, and, and I started really seeing it against Baylor, especially when they started rallying and coming back. You know, the young guards are putting a body on somebody when the ball goes up. I mean, they are boxing out. And uh, you know, to your point earlier, Rob, I, I haven't seen Mark Mitchell box out anybody. Yeah. Um, Flip doesn't really box. You know, Flip's ready just to go straight up and get it. Ryan Young will put himself into you, but I mean. Yeah. It, it, the guards have done really well with that. Now there's there's not a super athlete who's going to come in and fly in as a weak side rebound or anything. But I mean, you know, you can you can survive in today's college game doing that for extended periods and I I know John loves Mark Mitchell and he believes in him. I mean, I I can tell you last year before they um before they, you know, started the season, I I kept talking to, you know, we we're talking about, you know, what is this class setting up for the, the current class with flag and everybody? And I said, you know, obviously you're going to be losing lively. You're going to lose flip. You're going to lose Proctor. And he goes, don't worry about, he goes, don't forget about Mark Mitchell. And I'm going, okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. He's, he's six foot eight. He's got a motor that doesn't, I mean, just on and on and on. And he, the, the comparison was not apple, you know, apples to apples, but it was the kid who played at Scotty Barnes, the kid who played at FSU a couple years ago. Yeah. I, not really offensive, but who could do a lot of things. It's just, I think the offensive uh, mindset this year has really gotten to Mitchell. 
Yeah. And he's not doing a lot of what made him really good. I mean, he should be with his athleticism, his quickness, um, his versatility, he should be a really good stretch four, but he's turning into college Lance Thomas, which is invaluable as a glue guy, as a role guy, but they need more. <laughs> right. Mean, a yeah. lot. Right. Especially if you're going to shoot 18 threes, right? You got to yeah, be mean, making a few of those. And that's the weirdest thing is mechanically, we all have known that like, okay, the mechanics just aren't ideal, right? The shot is like really flat. It's really hard. But even that last year, he was a 40% three point shooter, like two thirds of the season. And I think he finished like what, 35%. Um, there's no reason why he needs to be one of 18. That but is last like, year, it seemed like a lot of times he didn't hesitate to shoot like, yeah, I think this year it's more it, like you guys. It's a mental thing. It's in his head right now. He's snake bit. Yeah, and it's where I mean, it's where he's taking the shots from too. Um, you know, yeah. a lot of his makes last year were from the corner, corners, yeah. and he keeps taking uh, wing threes now. And yeah, a lot of them are like he's almost waiting until somebody kind of comes out to contest them, and then he's taking the shot. Yeah, there's yeah. a it's, there's a defined pause in it. I mean, yeah. he gets it, and he like you can almost see him start his motion and then just stop first. I mean, it's a millisecond. But you can see it. He's stopping, and then it's like, oh god, I guess I got to throw it up there. And it's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I hate to say it, but that's what it looks like. And it's yeah. that is not what they need. They need him to be confident, which is why I think you're seeing Shire tell him, you know, you got to stay with this. You got to stay with this. Keep shooting. Keep shooting. It's the same thing yeah. they told Trey Jones. Yeah. And problem is, there's just there's nobody to fix him because I mean, you know, TJ Power is a much better shooter, obviously, but. I mean, the two minutes he played against Baylor, he got shoved from one side of the paint to the other, yeah. and it's like, you know, it, that's not the answer. Yeah, yeah, he's got to, he's got to shoot him. It's hard yeah. because it's like, you know, typically you want to get an open shot, but if all of your shots are open, it's like that's kind of what we ran into the other night. Whereas we don't really want him leading the team in shot attempts, but you also right. have to take open shots. But if every time you touch the ball, you're open. You can't shoot it. It makes it well, a little bit it's, hard. It's our I mean, leaky it's, black conundrum, right? Like it is a little bit. Of that. Yeah. yeah, it is a little bit of that. Like um, you need him out there for defense and for all those things, glue guy and everything else. But teams are basically leaving him open. And and as you guys said, I mean, sometimes you're just kind of forced if you're going to be that yeah. open. You gotta, well, it makes it where he needs to hit the twos at a high rate, right? Like yeah. the finishing around the rim, like he has to have that going for him. And that's the weird thing is, and John, you've probably seen this too. I think you've even tweeted a few times, like, is he still a little hurt? Is he still, because he'll go like 30 minutes and you won't see any lift. And then he'll just have two like massive, just like dunks in traffic or like dunks at the rim. And it's like, so well, wait a minute, if you can do that. Let's let's start with that, right? Let's so you go, go, go to the Georgia Tech game he, when he got the technical foul for the dunks. The yeah. first one, he had some pretty good lift. The second one looked like he cleared the Durham phone book, but he's just long and was able to dunk it that way. I mean, it's he did have offseason knee surgery. Um, he didn't get the full offseason. You know, you say you don't want him leaving, leading the team in shots. I don't think that's remotely uh, arguable. I mean, yeah. <laughs> What I would like him leading the team in or being close to the top is fouls drawn and free throws. Yeah. Because you're not going to hit threes. Great. You're you're pretty good slashing for a six eight, six nine guy. Go to the rim and draw contact. Yeah. If nothing else, you're going to draw a secondary defender, hopefully. And you know, the guards have been pretty good rebounding. I mean, McCain's averaging however many it is. I yeah. Mean, yeah, he's been great. You know, just they, they're finding ways to utilize him, as I'm sure Geisinger talked about, and as I know Shire's talked about. It's yeah. just, it's going to take a while. 
and it's yeah. it's an imperfect roster. Uh, on paper, it looked great, but yeah, you know, it's just it, it, these are kids, and they're they're growing up. It's going to take a while. Yeah, and there's still time for it. And like we have talked about that, I won't get too deep in that, but we did see some stuff over the last two games yep. of how he was used more in that short role. He was doing things a lot quicker and faster, um, getting him moved around. He had some dunker stuff spot with him and Flip. I love Attacking all of the that. space when he's so, left open. You know, there there's a I think it's coming um of how they're gonna try to figure that out. But yeah, there's no lively walking through the door, right? There is no shot blocker coming in. You're not going to be able to fix the shot during the season. You just kind of have to live with the form. It is what it is. Um, but, you know, I, I think there's still some some room for optimism. And, you know, I know we're sitting at 0-1 right now, but we'll, we'll get in here and talk about the ACC preview a little bit. Before we do that, let's take just a quick little break here. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so let's talk a little bit about the ACC preview. I know we got Queens coming up right before that. Um, should be able to take care of business in that one as they're kind of sitting close to the 300 mark on Ken Palm for that one. Um, let's jump ahead to January 2nd. So right after New Year's, we get Syracuse coming to town to kind of, to me, really kick things off. It feels so weird playing these ACC games kind of just the, so early in the schedule. Um, again, like I mentioned before the break here, we are currently 0-1 with the loss down there in Atlanta to Georgia Tech. Um, got Syracuse coming up. As we get ready to head into this thing, first, let's just kind of pan out before we look through and go through it. Kim Palm's projecting 15-5 and finish. I'll just kind of go around here. Shu, I'll go to you first. Top of your head, that track for you, that's four losses left in conference out of a 20-game slate. So, Yeah, I think I, think I might have went 16-4. and four before the like our early season pod predictions um so i would i would probably now that we've already lo- dropped one i would 15 and fives i like that so finishing yeah. out 15 and four rest of the way okay yep. roll what about you four over under four yeah that was kind of 15 and five was kind of the number i had in my mind before even looking at that um i could see you know 14 and six though um just to kind of be realistic of where the team's at, you know, I know they're 
clearly not a juggernaut. They're figuring things out. The offense is looking a lot better. Um, mm-hmm. And I do think we discussed this off mic, but I do think the schedule plays out pretty favorably in terms of like which teams we have at home versus on the road. So that'll help. Um, I think 15 and five is pretty reasonable. You know, there's there's definitely some tough games on the schedule. There's like two or three where we're only favored by like a couple points. And then uh, North Carolina, we're actually an underdog on the road. Yeah. So you assume we drop a couple of those ones where we're only favored by a couple points. And then maybe there'd be just a random loss that we shouldn't have um, yeah. at some point. Sure, sure. And hopefully okay, that's so. not like a quad four loss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the the downfall is one that ACC is not that great. They're all still going to be gunning for like Duke, right. Carolina, and maybe Clemson as your only opportunities. Um, John, for you, so 0-1 to 15-5, and 5, is that feasible? I think that's realistic. I mean, I'm looking at not only what you guys just talked about with the strength of schedule. There's So there's a Saturday, Monday in late January, Clemson at home. Clemson may be the best team in the ACC right now besides yep. Duke. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then they play Clemson at home and then literally turn around and go to Virginia Tech. Which is where goes Yeah. So there's that. Um, there's another one. It's Boston College and Wake Forest uh, back-to-back at home. And then there's another one that's difficult that is Virginia at home and then turn around and go to Raleigh for state. Now we know what happens so, in Raleigh. So Yeah, so I mean those are – and then, like you guys said, I mean, North Carolina is going to be a battle, a war. Um, you know, there's going to be a weird game somewhere. I mean, I'm looking at the Miami game in the middle of the week in mid-February where, you know, you go down and you play in that mausoleum of a stadium they have. And, you know, Laranego will just pick and roll them to death. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I think 15-5 and five is a reasonable plus or minus one. Um, you know, last year they what? How many would they lose last year? Seven or eight? I mean, no, yeah, seven or eight. Seven or eight, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's 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 reasonable. I mean, let's like we said, not a dominant team, a lot of youth still. Um, and college basketball is crazy these days. Um, and and frankly, I mean, you know, Pittsburgh's pretty good. Um, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like like Raul said, I mean, the schedule is actually not too bad. I mean, you know, but. I also worry about being a young team where things can just snowball. Yeah. I mean, like you come out, they're going to beat Queens. We know that. Okay, you get Syracuse at home. You should win that game. Syracuse at home with no no students. I'm going to yeah. be in the student section on Tuesday because yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, and that's a that's a great point. I mean, but then you know, all of a sudden you get Notre Dame away. Notre Dame is not good, but again, it's they're a tough place to play at times. And then you literally turn around and go to Pittsburgh on the road. Um, you know, that's that, that's that that could be a, a tripping and point. I, and I believe that's our first Q1 opportunity. Yeah, it is. First yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at that one pretty closely. Yeah. They play Pittsburgh twice in 10 days. Yeah. Yeah. It's the Pittsburgh, the schedule shaked out weird where we play Pitt. And Georgia then we come Tech right before. back home for Georgia Tech, and then we yeah, come, it's like yeah, all right, we well, we've already yeah. played both of those teams yeah. twice, and we haven't played like anybody yeah. else. Yeah, that's a bit of weird. And then John, you you mentioned the uh, the game where we go at uh, Clemson at home, and then at Virginia Tech, and then, and then at, at Carolina, Carolina. Right after those that. three, all three of those three quad ones in a, in a row, right there. Yeah, and it's quad one opportunities in a row. So they've got eight games in January. They're zero and one. Best best case would be eight and one at the, starting of February. 
you know, I, I think probably seven and two is the most realistic. Yeah, um, I agree. You yeah. know, but then if you're, if you get down to like six and three or even five and four, it's like, Oh yeah. Five and four would be, we're in trouble. Real disaster. Yeah. 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 Six and three. If it's like, if you lose at Pitt, if Clemson somehow gets you and then you lose at Virginia tech, now you're not, you're heading into February limping, but right. it's not like, you know, you lose at Louisville, pack it up. Yeah. <laughs> Just pack it up. I mean, you know, that's, that's brutal. Um, I think it goes without saying, and last year they were obviously elite at this, but it's maybe it's this every year too, but it just really feels like with this schedule, it's like you just have to protect home court. You have to win these games at home. You only get Clemson and Cameron. Got to take advantage of that. Um, The road schedule is going to be kind of brutal. I mean, at Notre Dame, sure, you know, should win that. But then you follow it up with at Pitt three days later. Um, middle of middle end of February, you have a three game road trip at FSU at Miami at Wake. I mean, these aren't your typical, but that could be zero and three, like straight up could be zero and three. Um, you know, you, ideally you're not going to lose three there, but if you came out of that one and two, you're not going to be stoked about it. But it's not unrealistic to come out of that one and two. I mean, the Miami team has been really weird this year, coming off a Final Four run. Um have gotten blown out against the two good teams they have played. But when Duke gets to town and it's Wuga Poplar, Nigel Pack, and Omir and just ball screen torture, it's going to be kind of tough there. Um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I do think those are the, the biggest traps. Uh, you know, those three games at VT, at UNC, back-to-back is pretty brutal. Um, so, I, okay, what we're all around 15 and five. Is that good enough to win the conference? Then I guess is the best question. Mm, maybe. Yeah. Um, obviously, split, it's just, maybe, you know, it's tough to predict. Yeah. Well, I think that was around uh, what won the conference last year, right? Last I don't year. Think, yeah. There wasn't some team that went like 18 and two or anything. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, for what it's worth, Ken Palm has us in Carolina both finishing 15 and five in his. Right. You know, so yeah, I get come down to a, a what's what's if we both split with each other, I don't know what the uh, the next tiebreaker is for. I guess it would go head to head. When if you're splitting, well, that's what I'm saying. If we're splitting. You're, if you're also splitting the matchup, yeah, it used to be record against the top of the league. So okay, like, so yeah. say if Clemson finished second, we beat them. We have them at home. Right, Carolina well, played well, Clemson. It's, so if Duke and Carolina finish one and two. Mm-hmm. And Clemson finishes third. Whoever had the best record against Clemson, right, right, that, yeah. And then yeah. If, if that's tie, you keep going all the way down. Yep. Okay. Uh, which is where the unbalanced schedule really bites you. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. But for Duke this year, you know, maybe it's good because if you take care of business and beat Clemson at home, they're going to get Clemson twice. Yeah. Yeah. They have yep. Clemson twice. So coming up yeah. soon too. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the first one. Um, I mean, there's there's all kinds of different ways, but it's. You know, I, I'm more interested in getting a top, obviously getting a double buy in the tournament. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I look at it and, you know, just looking at all the years, I mean, it looks like, you know, they'll beat, they'll beat Louisville at the end of February. And then it seems like they could either solidify the momentum or lose it, regardless of what happens in Carolina against Virginia and State. Because those are two tough games on that Sunday, or sorry, Saturday, Monday turnaround. Mm-hmm. You win those games, you get a rivalry game at home with Carolina. You could really start stepping on the gas for March 
with that with those three games. Yeah. Yeah. So. Especially if you go three and oh right there, I mean that would be that would be huge. Um, because again, that's right off the back of that three game road trip. And so let's say you kind of stumble through that and you come out of there. Hopefully you don't drop two in a row, but maybe you do drop at Miami at Wake. But if you come back and finish with four straight wins, maybe that kind of propels you a little bit. Um, obviously, you go 3-0 and on the road. That's going to be a, a big-time statement there. And normally, um, I'd pencil in that uh, state game as a loss, but we usually play state in January. That's and that's true. when we always have our slump, right? We always have our slump in mid-January. We always get that's state true. then, and we get we lose by 20, and they score 95 points. Yep. So maybe it being in, a, what is that, late February or early March, maybe that'll help us. And we play them. Um, State has a Saturday, Monday right before that. Oh, nice. So we play them on the Monday. They play Carolina at Carolina that Saturday. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they come home for Duke. Tough turnaround for both um, teams. Tough turnaround yeah. for them too, right? So that's, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I, I think 15 and 5 is is solid. I think 15 and 5 probably does win it. Um, we haven't mentioned Virginia, and they're kind of all over the place, but they still could just be a team in this ACC that, gets to 13, 14 wins and is right there. Um, you know, you hope you don't lose to them at home, but, you know, hey, stranger things have happened, you know. I mean, especially right there at the end of the season, you play Louisville and then you turn right around and play Virginia. Um, it's not the best prep for getting ready to slow things down. But We were talking about this off air a little bit too. I mean, you know, it's last year Clemson started out just gangbusters out of the, out of the mm-hmm. break running away with the ACC and then finish what fifth, fifth sixth, yeah, something like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. a long season. It like does. a really long. Yeah. Very long season. Um, and you don't know, like you don't know what happens in these 15 games or so, right. If someone goes down for Duke, knock on wood, or if someone goes like if Virginia loses Reese Beekman, they might not make the tournament, you know? Yeah, so here right. I am talking about them maybe winning the con. If Beekman goes down, they're out. Um, if PJ Hall goes down for Clemson, that's huge. If, RJ Davis gets hurt, right? Like if any of that happens, this thing gets kind of wonky really quickly. Um, Miami is a team that maybe the talent's there. So maybe they finally kind of hit the potential and make a run at things. Um, I do like this Pittsburgh team and I really, I don't, I don't want them to be too, but I want them to be good for Capel's, um, you know, standpoint to get a little bit of consistency there. Um, I like Blake Henson. He's a big guy that can really do a lot for them. They lost some of their guards from last year. They still have Federico. Federico. They still they still got Federico squared. Yep, he's <laughs> still he's still in there. Um, the the Diaz Graham twins, I think, are still yeah. pogoing yeah. around somewhere out there. Um, so you know he got he got a pretty good roster too. So we'll see we'll see. But uh, a a little off a little off topic. I didn't realize uh how severe virginia's splits are their offense is awful man 142nd offense in the third defense yeah (laughs) yeah it is uh it is not good and Um, they've squeaked out some wins too like they beat northeastern by two i think yeah Mm, yeah yeah so so we really should beat them at home yeah we should we should, especially after what happened last year with Flip, yep. you know, like I hope he's circled that one, taking it a little personal there. This is true, yeah. Um, so, you know, there's there's reason maybe for, for optimism on that one. But uh, let's talk a little bit about just all ACC predictions and then we'll kind of get out of here. Um, this might be kind of boring, but I guess first off, is anyone taking someone besides Flip to make all ACC? I guess there's like a multiple teams. So let's do first team. Anyone besides okay. Flip making yeah. first team? Oh, from Duke? Yeah. No. I don't see it. 
You don't see Roach stay in hot this well, whole time. Well, if he does that and he's averaging nine, but then again, it's going to be how many of those guards can they play? Yeah. How many yeah, the can they play? The last six games, shoot, shooting, you know, what, 50, 55, 50, 50, 80. 80. Yeah, 50, 50. Yeah, and averaging 20 points a game. Yeah, he makes it all day long. It's just. To, is that something I he hope, can keep I, up? I hope this is who he's becoming as a senior. He's doing the Quinn, yeah. Yeah, the Quinn Cook glow, glow up. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's he's shown flashes of this before, like six or seven game stretches before in his career. So it's just a I question got it to of a whether, four in 22, yeah, right? Yeah. So it's like, can it be extended? And even the, even the end 20. of last year during that 10 game winning streak, he was great yeah, too. He was um, awesome. and he, he's really, it's not just that he's, he, his game has matured. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, Decision we making. Yeah. Absolutely. When we were talking the Baylor game. I was actually tweeting before it happened. I was like, you know, it seems like we haven't heard from him. And in the past, he would just you know put his head down and barrel into the into the paint. Now he's picking his spots, you know, moving without the ball. He's controlling the offense. I mean, he's really an unsung hero, yeah. uh, even as good as he's been. And I mean, yeah, if he if he keeps this up, he's definitely making first team. But you know, I, I don't. We've had three years of, of flashes. You know, if he puts it all together, then yeah, he's he's a shoe in. But yeah. you know, let's see. Um, but, I mean, I, I hope he does because, boy, do they need him. Yeah. Um, we'll be interesting to see what his numbers look like when Proctor does. Now, he was doing some of this with Proctor. But yeah. when right. that comes back, what really happens now that McCain's kind of taking a step? Foster's probably still going to play 20-plus minutes. So, it's – Yeah, I, seem, see, I see some of that coming down a little bit. But the thing is, he's doing it. His efficiency is great. It's if not the like efficiency he's taking, stays, then, It's not like he's yeah. taking tw- 20 shots. He's taking yeah. 9, 10 shots. Yeah. My um, concern is that you've got a Kyrie and Nolan situation. Where yeah. and that hadn't been nearly as long. You know, it's only been yeah. what one, two, three, or four games. Not it's not that long. But I mean, you know, Nolan was great, and then Kyrie came back, was on the ball, and it was just like that was it. Yeah, you know, Nolan's and you know, I I wonder, you know, because with with Foster, he's he's doing the the blue collar stuff. He's bringing the ball up the court. He's he's beating the press. You know, Roach is able to kind of. Um, still be the alpha when they get over midcourt. Like they give him the out the guard as the lead guard, they give him the ball. Yeah. Wonder if Proctor's going to, you know, how, how that works together. Cause I've never yeah. really gotten the feeling that they have their games just don't mesh seamlessly all the time. I don't, I don't know how best to describe it. It's just, it's just weird because Roach is unquestionably the guy when the freshmen are on the court. Yeah. When Proctor's on the court. I'm not saying that there's ill will or anything like that, bad chemistry, the, you know, you know, nothing like that. I'm just the way they're game. Style. Yeah. 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 The play style is different. So yeah. I wonder how that plays into all this because you're obviously, you've got to play both of them. Yeah. Um, unless Shire just wants to do the Kentucky thing and just do uh platoon. Yeah. yeah. And you basically yeah. just have Roach and, one of the freshmen or both the freshmen and then the second team you put Proctor, Blakes, and you know, one other one. I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah. There's there's options. Yeah, there's is, options for sure. Um, I think I don't know. I mean, at this point, I think Roach is at least showing that like when's the last time this kid missed a mid-range jump shot, right? Like that just <laughs> seems to be automatic at this point. The other um, thing is his catch and shoot threes are really really mm-hmm. good right now um so maybe that yes. helps a little bit when proctor comes back um because i think the problem in the past is like they both kind of need to operate on the ball so figuring out that dynamic mm-hmm. was tough um so if roach can you know operate more as a spot up guy that might help 
Yeah. Um, Cause he's mastered that pocket pass, right. That little yeah. like coming off mm. the screen, that little, it's like watching um like, remember the Titans where you got to make the pitch. You can throw them all, but you got to make the pitch. He's got the pitch. Like that is just money. It doesn't matter if it's Ryan young. We saw the role to McCain, um, him and flip have just like really synced up and the defense has got to know it's coming that he's going to do the little short bounce pass, but he's able to thread that and, um, I would I would put Proctor as the better passer overall, but in that dynamic right there, Roach has been just really really good in ball screens. Um, going to be interesting to to see what they do. Maybe they load him and Mitchell up on one side if like Proctor and Flipper in a pick and roll. So if you do have to kick, then Mitchell just screens right away for Roach or vice versa. Maybe they get into some stuff like that. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see, we'll see. So no takers, I guess, for anyone outside of Flip. Um, maybe Roach. Maybe yeah. Roach. Do we think Foster McCain, one of those guys, could sneak into Rookie of the Year consideration as a frosh here? I haven't done my research across the conference in terms of like who's really pushing. I know that. Pitt, um, Pitt had a freshman that was awesome at least for at the start of the yeah the start yeah. of the year. And I haven't checked in on him in a while. Um, McCain could but, do it. Um, you know, with yeah. his ability to shoot, if he keeps shooting like this, you could see his uh scoring numbers creep up and his efficiency creep up too. I think he would be the better bet um, than Foster mm -hmm. just because I think yeah. Foster's role is going to be pushed back a little bit more as Proctor comes back. Yeah, I agree with that. Is there one, is there one all freshman team? Is that how it works? Y yeah. They, they basically yeah. just, Do they pick five and five in, in, a, in, a, in a, rookie a rookie of the year. Of the year. Yeah. yeah. So we'll probably get one on that team. I'm guessing. I, I would think. I, I just think, think maybe two guard depth. I think the guard depth will just erase the second guy. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, okay. I mean, you know, like you saw at the beginning of the season, Foster was amazing against Michigan. Won the game against Michigan State, then disappears. McCain all of a sudden is struggling. Now McCain's starting to get it going. Yeah. It's it's just, and now you're going to add Proctor back to it. Yeah. I mean, not enough shots. So many, yeah. Just so many minutes. I just don't know any, any other freshman or a monk around the league, you know. The Georgia Tech center, Pittsburgh. if he's right. going to go for 21 or or go back Tech, to his normal yeah. three. Um, who knows what Cadeau ends up becoming at Carolina, right? Like he's thrown flashes of being able to really be like a, an elite creator. Um, yeah. I don't know if he'll score enough, but. Yeah. And he's got the the media thing, the media bot, not bias, but bias, um, yeah. you know, behind him i mean you know baycott's gonna win at acc player of the year no matter what i mean i would think um <laughs> unless just, rj steals it from him yeah it could be rj <laughs> yeah exactly one of those two um let's see i'm trying to go through and look if anybody had good um yeah, there's, there's so many acc teams now that it's like tough to remember that there's got to be three other freshmen four other freshmen that are playing well i don't know you know it's yeah, obviously it's um, obviously a very old sport at this point so you might be right you and then maybe their teams are just gonna not be nowhere near good enough to just get consideration that maybe you, right. you sneak I mean, because clemson's there. all older guys georgia tech the only they, the freshman was the center right um, it's, yes it's kind of that one of those things where even if you do have freshmen they're probably not playing because you've got like five seniors on your team yeah so yeah. aside from the kid who spurned louisville to go somewhere else and Louisville's got like a development or developmental center. Um, Gertrude, I, I don't, Elijah Gertrude, I, the guard for Virginia. I don't even know if he's playing. Yeah, I, I haven't seen him. I haven't looked across the whole league as much yeah. as I should yet. Yeah, me either, um, really. Um, 
Notre Dame's got a power forward. I, I'm, I'm going through the top 100 from last year. Right. Uh, boy, the ACC did not have a lot of good. Time. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I just maybe you're right. Maybe we get two just because they got to fill out the roster, and it's like if Duke I think is McCain and Foster five, can definitely make it. McCain, Foster, Cadeau, yeah. and then two more kids. You know, Pittsburgh's got a bunch of guys that were ranked like 60 to 90. Yeah. Um. You know, One of those is the kid right. that was going for like it was averaging like fifteen or sixteen. It, I think that's the Carlton Carrington kid, um, who's been pretty daggone good for them. I think. Um, yeah. So yeah. you know he he might could probably and and Pitt's good enough to where they probably get one in. Um, they've, they've got a point guard who's starting for them, uh, who's a freshman. They've got um, okay, so the point guard is the big freshman. He's doing really well. It looks like. Yeah. He's their second best player, so you would think he would make it. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, I mean, it's just, like you said, it's I just, just an older league. Slim pickings, yeah. Slim yeah, pickings. it gets pretty bleak after that. I mean, it's uh, it's it's just funny that we've only got two freshmen that are playing, and they might both make the all rookie team. Yeah, because they have sure. to. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. the kid from state could potentially, if his role gets big enough, the Dennis Parker kid. Um, he's oh, yeah. shown right, some right, pretty right. decent stuff. So Louisville maybe, starts maybe a freshman point guard. Um, so like I said, Louisville starts a freshman point guard. Um, yeah, but they're so bad. It's yeah, just, uh, I got it, but it might just be throwing them. a bone saying, well, yeah, they are in the be. league still. So that's true. Technically. Yeah. So yeah. Dennis Parker starts for state, um, as a power forward. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, they'll, but hey, God, he's like their seventh best player according to, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Right. I know, I know. I mean, it's just like you said, it's an old league, but I mean, you know, Clemson, you know, they picked up transfers. Uh, Pitts picked up trans. I mean, it's just it's an old mm-hmm. league. Yeah, it is. Looking through it, it definitely is. Um, yeah, and Duke will be old next year, which is something we haven't been able to say for however long. On that subject, are you um, are you seeing both Foster and McCain is coming back at this point? John? Oh yeah, that was always the plan. I mean, you know, I know our message boards want to anoint. Um, Every freshman who comes in is the next mm-hmm. greatest thing in the world. And and let's be honest, to be fair, that that's what it was for a decade. Yeah. You know, a freshman came in and were alphas. But I mean, you know, you I, I tell people, look at how they're recruiting. They didn't recruit a point guard in this class. They expect Foster to be the point guard. I mean, he was the number yeah. one point guard before he left Oak Hill and then went to California and turned into a scoring guard. Can't machine guard, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he was the number one point guard. I mean, when they got him to commit. I mean, Shire loved him in high school. Yeah, um, because he was big guard. John sees a, as well, you remember when we had him on off air a little bit when we had him on the podcast before he jumped in. You know, John is very cognizant of his playing career, mm-hmm. um, and I mean, you know, he he's told me many times. Um, we've talked about you know who's going to be your point guard, and he'll go, well, who was the point guard on the 2010 team? It's like, well, it was that six five shooting guard who. Yeah. yeah, decided to have the best assist to turnover ratio in the country for six months. <laughs> yeah. Get a Kyrie. You can get a, a Ty Lawson or Raymond Felton. You know, you can get a Bobby Hurley. You can get if you can get these kind of point guards. That's great. That's absolutely great. But I mean, really, what you need is a game manager uh, yeah. who run and score. And there's just not a lot of those because they're not good. You're not going to get an old one of those. You're just not because they're going to go to the league because the league values them. Yeah. So I, I, without having had have him said this directly, 
I kind of feel sometimes he's looking for guys who can, they're smart enough, mature enough, and their game is capable enough to play multiple positions, including point guard. Right. People are yeah. screaming, you know, well, we're, we're, we don't have a Tyus Jones. We don't have a, a Trey Jones. You know, it's like, yeah, because they go to the league in a year. Yeah. I mean, you want an old point guard, he's going to have some kind of warts in a traditional measuring system. Yeah. You know, Jeremy Roach is a senior guard, but came in as a point guard, hasn't played point guard in three and a half years. Yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah. And Duke has always been at their best when we've had multiple ball handlers and multiple people capable of running the point. When you think about all the championship teams, you know, you have the Jay Will, the Duhan, you have mm -hmm. uh, John Shire and Nolan Smith. They're really kind of both point guards. Um, so I, I like that approach. Yeah. Well, and even uh, in 92, when you had Bobby Hurley, Grant Hill played point forward. Yep. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah. Hill could, could rip it and go. Yeah. And just look at the league too, right? Like most of the like best point guards in the league are your best scorers too, right? Obviously Curry goes without saying Lillard's up there, SGA. If you call Luca, yeah, you call Halliburton um point guard. These guys you have to be dynamic. Um and so you're looking at a foster, especially as a sophomore foster, and him and McCain, like you said, potato potato, right? Like call yourself point guards or shooting guards, whichever, but those two guys together, I would imagine would be in turn in control of getting us into our stuff. Let's, you know, get the, get the ball off the floor. Yeah. The, um, the, the whole eight and eight model is kind of dead, you know, a uh, point yeah. guard who scores eight points and gets eight assists, um, yeah. which has actually sort of been the problem with Proctor this year is he's just not the scoring. Hasn't really scoring. Been yep. Passing's yeah, been there. Question kind of is, you know, what position is Tyrese Proctor? Like physically he should be in college. He should be a two or a three. Right. Right. Yeah. Same thing with Caleb Foster. Both of them need the ball in their hands because they that's what they do. That's their game. Yeah. It's just interesting to to see. But to answer your question, yeah, I expect them both back. Um the the variable there to me is gonna be what Jalen Blakes does because I'm pretty sure he can graduate after this year. Yep. You know, is he gonna be a Jordan Goldwire and come in and be that guy? I mean, he's not gonna start next year. But boy, they having that pure and he's not really a pure point guard, but you know, they're going to have a bunch of guys coming in who can play in the backcourt. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Jaden Shute's going to come off red shirt. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it's – you're not going to have a Chris Paul-style point guard. You're not going to have a Tyus Jones. It's just it's not going to happen. But the plan, to answer the original question, was always to have Foster come in and play at least a year or two. But then you look at 2025, they're recruiting several point guards in that class. Yeah, yeah. Now, whether that's because they think McCain's going to leave, Foster's going to leave, whatever, but you know they've got a ton of guards in twenty twenty four as well. So it's yeah, I, I just I think it's more about positionless basketball to a point. Um, yeah. yeah, I wouldn't. That's fair. I wouldn't blame Blake's if he uh, wanted to go somewhere else for his last year and start. Uh, you know, if, he, if he went to a mid major, he could play thirty minutes. Yeah, easily. Well, I think. I, he I, could I, go to like ninety percent of the ACC schools. Probably, probably look how bad these teams are. Yeah, Jalen Blake's at Virginia. I oh mean, yeah, oh uh, yeah. It's terror under. Yeah. In if they could slow him down, right? Like yeah. Bennett trying to be like, "Hey, walk the ball up the court." Jalen's gonna be like, well, "What are you talking <laughs> about? There's only one speed." I got here. one speed, bro. It's <laughs> yeah. Balls to the wall. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, hey, he would absolutely. I mean, like you said, there's several teams: Big East, Big Twelve. Um, you know, who big 10, he would be a terror. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like, 
who knows? But yeah, I, I think those two are going to come back and they're going to be your starting backcourt next year. Um, and then, you know, hopefully they can, Shire can finish up. They need a wing next year, badly, a pure wing. Um, the edge cone kid is, he's, he's the real deal. It's just, does he want to come in? Yeah, a lot of guys already there. Right? Yeah, so it's a um, that's a it's a it's a huge class if he comes. It's a big class. A so. lot of guys in that six five kind of range too. You know, between yeah. Harris and and you got to figure out the Mitchell and, thing. Yeah, right? like and Mitchell where is he, and where is he going? <laughs> yeah, so the Mitchell thing is interesting because he's not Cooper Flag would start this year. I oh, mean, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Quite frankly, VJ Edgecombe would start this year. Yeah. Um, just. They're, you know, you got a six-five terror on defense who can elevate like Gerald Henderson. He's going to play. Yeah. Um, you know, Mitchell is interesting next year because the question becomes, you know, is is the center they've got out of you know, Virginia Catholic is is or Paul Paul Six uh, Catholic is is he going to be an immediate impact guy? I don't. Right. I just had foot surgery too, I think, or yeah. something like that. So yeah. he's already in he's out know, the rest of the season. Full blown Duke mode ready already. But <laughs> he'll be able to, you know, the good news is, is that he'll be able to get to get to campus early. Sure. And he actually gets to spend the entire summer with the strength and conditioning program. So that's not a terrible thing. That's true. Because um, they'll be able to rehab him cognizant of that injury and build him up. But still, how many freshman centers come in and dominate? Um, yeah, especially not, if they're not, not ranked in the top 10, you know, like if you get an Okafor, of course, but, uh, um, but yeah, like, what is he ranked? Like 26, he's 25th? more in the Bolden yeah. range, yeah. I think yeah. in terms of, and maybe even in terms of like play style, little kind of heavy footed. And they're looking at from the NBA Academy in Africa, who's seven foot two. Oh yeah. yeah. I, like that. I like that kid. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when Bignani went to the NBA and he's getting, he he's productive, but he's getting but, some welcome to the league moments though, too. Yeah. yeah he's getting some, yeah. Yeah, so it's you know there are things that people need to realize with that. So I don't think it's unreasonable to think of you know would Duke literally start a front court of Mitchell flag, a big wing and two guards, and then have yeah. a guard depth with you know you got Christian Reeves as a third year player at that point. You've got um, you know the freshman centers coming in. Is that enough? Maybe. I mean, you know, Mark Mitchell, I think he told you guys at media day, what, he's like 230, something like that. Yeah. Another year in the weight room, he's 6'9", 235. I mean, Lance Thomas played like 255 his senior year. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's not – and, you know, Zubek became Zubek, but not until the last eight games of the season. Yeah, it was a late, yeah, yeah, after that Maryland game, yeah. You know, good problems to have. Maybe we'll we'll see. Um, I think the talent is coming in though, so that's you know obviously going to be big time. Flag's going to play as much as he can, so that anytime you can have him on the floor, you got a good shot. Um, so you know, hopefully Sean Stewart's ready for next TJ year. Power, yeah, some yeah. of those guys. Yeah, people need to not give up on Sean Stewart right now. I mean, he could not play against Baylor because they would have picked them apart. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we were talking about offline. When Flip goes to defend a driver, a driver with the ball trying to block a layup, that's fine. Nobody rotates over. Mm -hmm. Hell. Open season on offensive rebounds. Yeah. Physically, Sean Stewart should make a career yep. as a, that secondary post defender. The problem yep. is you look and Sean Stewart's guarding somebody in the third row. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just... <laughs> And, yeah. and 
chases the ball and it's that's okay but it's it's it takes time and you know unfortunately they couldn't play him against a top 10 team um they just they just could um and you know our message boards as i'm sure you guys have seen just love the theory of what he could be Um, everybody wants him to be the second coming of tyrus thomas from that lsu team Uh and that would be amazing he's just not there positionally yet yeah yeah and and It'll come. Yeah, let him run his race, right? Like, there's no reason why he needs to be that right now. I think it's it's glaring because the team has struggled and everyone's looking for, like, okay, where's the magic, like, button to insert player X and all of a sudden things take well, off. Well, that happens just, every year, right? Like, last year, right. everybody went to because we weren't shooting well, right? Yeah, like, it's always somebody. Backup quarterback syndrome, right? Um, yeah. And he, he clearly has the best physical tools of anybody on the team. So I think that's why people latch on to him. Hundred percent, and it's you know we saw the potential. What, what was the game? He had a double double. I mean, he was just oh yeah. I mean, yeah. but it, it's a mid major team. Yep. You know, it's yeah. like yeah, a good coach is going to you know put him in a ball screen, and he like I said, he's just going to be lost. Yeah, yep. I'm just not quite there yet. Same for TJ too, or for different reasons like physicality and stuff, but just the mental aspect they haven't quite got there. That just goes back to what we talked about at the beginning. It's a young team. You know, yeah, I know we have continuity from year one to year two. There's still a bunch of you know young players, and there's a reason they're sophomores. I mean, you know, I know it's been twelve to fifteen years of, you know, the best thing about freshmen is you get more of them the next year. Um, mm-hmm. Once we went to the, NBA. yeah, but there's a reason these guys came back, and that's okay. Yeah, but it's the reality is Duke is rebuilding, and they're just doing it at a high level, and that's okay. Yeah. But you know. People expecting there to be a Zion or something. It's like that's I, I don't know that there is a and next year with flag, uh, you know, people are expecting this guy to come in and average a double double. It's not gonna happen. Yeah. yeah, he's just not that kind of guy, right? Yeah. He's gonna be like the 13, 7, 4, 3, 2, 5, Correct. you know, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. He's going to be that guy. And you know, it's the expectations will be crazy because he's the number one player, he reclass, he's the number one player, and he He's good. Like he is, he is that level. Uh, he is the in the Bagley, the you know the Zion. But he impacts the game in ways that are not just you know scoring a bunch. It's kind of like Lively yeah. last year, right? That's what everybody asked about Lively. He, yeah. This is the number one player. Why is he not averaging? Well, it's twenty and ten. And it's like, that's yeah. not really what he does, yeah. right? And then um, unless he's in the NBA, and then unless he, he has really, Luca to throw lobs at him, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then he's twenty ten all night. Um, Lively's best game last year. Was the Carolina game where he scored what one point? Yep, he didn't yeah. score for like the eight, first thirty-seven minutes, but he had eight blocks, and <laughs> he changed and, the way I haven't seen, and I don't yeah. know how, but it's it's it, there's different ways to win a basketball game, and yeah. it's not just it's not just being you know Jabari Parker who can score whenever he wants, he just can't defend, yep, or right. you know Bagley who's going to score 25, 30 points a game, but he's going to give up twenty five or thirty. Doesn't points even a game. know what defense is, yeah. right? <laughs> You literally have to change your whole team defense to suit him. Yeah, hence yeah. the zone, right? Yeah. I mean, you just so um, yeah. I mean, there's optimism. I think though, right? Like there's optimism, and like we said, it's um, it's the time for resolutions and looking forward. So we have a whole ACC slate, and John, you talked about this a lot, and then we're gonna get out of here, I promise. But uh, you know, I think it's adjustment for Duke fans to not jumping out of the gate fifteen and 0, 14 and one, eighteen and two, like we had forever. Um, 
But maybe we start to see that again. John went 10 and 0 down the stretch last year. I'd like to see more of that, right? Like let's hit February, March and really start clicking. Um, and this team's kind of set up to be able to do the same thing here. So, you know, maybe maybe we'll see a little bit of that um, in 2024. But anyway, I know we ran a little bit long here. I'm going to get out of here. Wanna, again, want to thank John for coming on. Um, rate, review, subscribe. You can find us in all the usual places. You can find us on the boards at thedevilsden.com. You can email us at thedevilsdenpod at gmail.com. You can find us on X slash Twitter slash whatever it's going to be next year at devilsdenpod247. Um, you know, good luck on all your resolutions. You know what we're going to do over here. We're hoping for a little bit of a stronger face and more verb. Go do. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.